Welcome back to Watch the Ticker. How are you guys doing? Don't answer because I can't hear you, but I am still here with Zach and myself. We have not uh, fallen out like the Beatles or anything. We haven't died yet. And we haven't died. Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy crazy time since last time we posted. I know. It's just unbelievable. A whirlwind of emotions, if you will. A lot's going on here. A lot's going on here. I just moved into a uh, new apartment complex not mm-hmm. too long ago, so finally, I think, unpacked our final box, which Ooh. is pretty legit. There our, you go. Our dog is now at 80 pounds, give or take, and uh, yeah, you know, everything's good. Ava is a... Uh, she's a monster. She is a she is a monster. She's actually in the other room right now. She got sick and tired of us not letting her bite us for yeah. some reason, you know. Mm-hmm. All she does, like, she'll shows. just walk around and just randomly bite a toe. Just, yeah. Just yeah. Ah, oh, Ava. She likes wires too. How are you doing, Zach? Um, I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Life's good. Uh, had a fun day yesterday. Had a long day yesterday. Yeah. Well, short, long. Who knows? Um, but yeah, life life is good. Um, I also just moved. I graduated school, so we're we're out here. We're living downtown in the city. So that's. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Downtown. Sure. Downtown. We're in Kansas City, in case you guys are curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, no dogs biting my toes Yeah, no uh, in my life. But uh, a little bit about this episode before we hop into the rest of our nonsense. Uh, this is going to be a terminology episode. I mean, strictly terminology. Wow. So it is. It, we're just going to be going through term by term uh, just everything that you need to know for the stock market. Yeah, it's going to be like 30, I think 30 terms that are just very common terms. Um, If you thought your e-com class was boring in college, if you didn't go, if you thought your high school history class on uh, uh, the parliament or whatever, I'm trying to think of the most boring thing (laughs) I learned in high school history, but it's going to be one of those episodes. We're going to try to make it fun by ancient Mesopotamian art 101. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So yeah. It's art. That's all you need to know. Yeah, so um, it's going to be boring, but it'll be it'll be fun, hopefully. We're just really putting this out there as a, a reference. We're going to mm-hmm. label this as terms. It's not even going to be like se- uh, you know season one, episode two. It's just going to be terms, so you guys can go back to it. Yep. And we'll probably post this stuff again on our Instagram, watch the ticker podcast. We're going to try to post each one of these terms each day and give a more in-detail uh, thing. I know, so riveting. I bet that's just getting you all loosey-goosey right now. Ooh. Excited. They're Excited. So, shaking on the other side of this. <laughs> right, man. I, I can just imagine someone going on like an eight-hour car ride right now. I was about to switch. They're like, nope, not going to fall asleep today. <laughs> someone said, no, no, no. I, I disagree. Someone's like, oh, yeah. Windows down. Let's blast this. Let's blast this through downtown. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to go back and forth. You want to hop into the first term? Yeah, so first term, ask. Right. Crazy ask. Oof. I want to make sure you are hearing me say that correctly. Shaking. Um, that's pretty much just the, what the the price that a seller is willing to pay for um, a share of that stock. So how much does that stock cost to purchase? Mm-hmm. That's called your asking price. Yep. Uh, then we're going to talk about backtesting. That's applying a strategy to historical data to see if it's valid. So you're basically looking back over time, seeing if what you're doing now quite literally what you're doing now has been done in the past and did it work uh uh will it work with the information that you have so and i think that's that's something we'll go ahead and hit on just a little bit more um Mm -hmm. we're going to do this back and forth of these terms to kind of break it up so it's not term 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 right but um 
that back testing, that's something we do a lot. So one of the big tips that someone taught me when I was just starting uh, my young adulthood right after I graduate is to look at a one in a five year um, data analysis of a stock. I do it today. Every time I look at a stock, someone's like, dude, look at this hot stock. I'm like, perfect. Show me the five year. Right. I, I want to make sure this is not a fluke. Mm-hmm. So back testing is a very common thing all of us do. And if, I mean, if I can, I'll even go online. I have some software through Charles Schwab that I'm able to use. I'll try to go back 10, 15 years, any type of information I can get. Cause it is true. Even in that history class, history does repeat itself. Right. It's a very common thing. Time is a flat circle. Exactly. And someone explained this to me, and this is the best way to understand it. If you're downtown New York right now, okay. 10 to 15 years ago, everything you would see is retail shops. You would see clothes, you would see, you know, your new shoes, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go down there, you see services, coffee, pastries, bakeries, stuff like that. So it goes back and forth because back in the 50s, it was the same way. It was services. So it's something we watch. That's just kind of like a common thing I can explain for you, hopefully, to pick up. Um, but stocks do follow a historical trend, and it's a good it's a good way to see uh, doing that kind of back testing is a good way to see accrued value over time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I mentioned them last episode, Nvidia. Look at their five year. They're they're a hot stock. Stupid. I mean, just absolutely stupid. Uh, if you were in on Nvidia, I think five years ago you would have been getting it at thirteen dollars a share. Yep. It's one hundred and seventy six dollars now. Mm-hmm. So absolutely ridiculous. Same with Tableau. I don't know yeah. if you guys have ever heard of the software. We use it for work. That's why we're hot with it. But Ooh, it came Tableau. out super cheap. And now, I, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me just because I haven't looked at it since uh, last week. But I think it was a set at 110. Mm. I think I, I can confidently say that. So, much. so yeah, it's funny. Nvidia. Jeez, yeah. absolutely crazy. Um, bear market. It's a period of declining stock value, usually accompanied by. Investor pessimism, uh, the Vanguard Group defines a bear market as a price decline of 20% or more over at least a two-month period. Um, this, I mean, stuff like this happens a lot. Like, and it's just something you got to keep an eye on. That Sometimes there are warning signs for it. Sometimes you are kind of blindsided by it. Um, but more often than not, there's usually a little bit behind it, behind what's happening anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think the next one after that, it'd be block trade. It's kind of funny. All these are in alphabetical order, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's just buying or selling large amounts of a stock. If I'm not mistaken, I think your minimum might be 10000 Yeah, you're right. So it's just if you're buying something at large, uh, this is something I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. Majority of you guys probably won't go through this. I will never go through this. I mean, you're talking big purchases. Big money. Big money. Unless you're doing penny stocks. Stuff that a company would do. Yeah. It's more like like, yeah, like an investment company. You'll see um, Fidelity. I think they're a pretty big heavy hitter with buying large stocks. JP Morgan as well. Berkshire Hathaway, of course. But yeah. Uh, and then blue chip. You money. Hear, you hear this all the time. Money. I mean, these are your big, big companies. Mm-hmm. Your, your Dow companies, your S&P companies. These are... Those are your blue chip stocks. Uh, so things like, I mean, at this point, I'd consider Google blue chip, you know, obviously. Amazon, Caterpillar is a good industrial blue chip. I mean, they're just big companies that don't see a ton of major fluctuation at this point in their life cycle. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, and those are pretty pretty heavy ones that we invest in. I, I know for a fact my eyes are always on the blue chip list. You mm-hmm. can, by the way, you can go to Google, just type in blue chip list, and you can get a lot of them for free. 
If not, again, that might be something we'll try to post up. That's just a lot of info. Right. Um, but it's just a list of all your big, huge companies that are very good at sustaining themselves. I'm not saying this, saying that they're not going to go bankrupt, but they're the ones that conservatives will go to as a a good, safe investment. Right. And, and you know, they have that reputation of stability. Mm-hmm. You know, they're international companies more often than not that just you you know they're going to be there tomorrow when you wake up. They're not wiping off the face of the planet anytime soon. Right, right. They got a lot of cash to back up any big, huge issue that comes through. Right. Um, and then the next one would be bull market, a period of uh, rising stock. So if your stock, the market goes up and it's continually going up for a long period of time, you're going to call that a bull market. Uh, some people say, you know, buy and bear, sell and bull or ride the bull. I'm trying to think of some other terms I've heard or, or listened to. Grab the bull to. by the horns. Grab the bull by the horns. Again, I mean, it, it, I think half of them are just ones that people make up and it's all based off of where you're from. But all it is is if the market itself is rising for a long, or not even a long period of time, but it's a continuous rising. I usually look market. at it like the same way I um, would look at a, a bear market. I usually look at it over two months. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're seeing that growth over a two month period, that's usually where I'm I'm looking at it. Uh, the bid bid is next. That's the price that a buyer is willing to pay. That's you. How much are you willing to pay for that stock? Um, and then noting that bid, how much you bought it for, how much are you going to make when you sell it, or how much are you going to lose when you sell it? Yep. You know, we're going to focus on the <laughs> the aforementioned getting paid, mm-hmm. making money. Um, but uh, sometimes that's... Yeah, I mean, we, we don't want to lose money. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to lose money here. Um, but yeah, pretty straightforward on that. Oh, man. You got to love it. Um, and then close. That's just what the the price of the stock is on that ending day. So right. Monday, you know, I guess we would say Monday close. What was that stock on Monday close? So right. what was it? What did it end on? Or what will it potentially open up with tomorrow before the morning market? Right. Uh, dividend. That's next, a payment made out of the company's profits to its shareholders. It's kind of like a like a thank you. Yeah. See what at the end of the year. Yep. So dividend is oh man, I love it. I like I have as I mentioned in the last episode, I have a stock that I ride just for the dividend. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest way. You said yeah. That's IBM, right? IBM. Mm-hmm. And I recommend if anyone wants it. I, you know what? I don't recommend it just because it's really high right now. I got a one sixteen. I said at what one fifty three or something, but. Right. Um, Dividends, your shareholder, they're paying you for what they earned. Mm-hmm. So you, you definitely want to pay attention if you're looking to just store some cash. Dividends, dividend, dividend, dividend. I'm going to say it a few more times. Dividend, dividend, dividend. Exactly. I cannot stutter. But remember dividends. You definitely want to have some of those in your portfolio that pay a pretty high dividend. And then Dow Jones Industrial Average, we talked about it uh, yet, uh, on the last episode. So that's just the leading stock market index in the U.S. They have an average value of 30 um, different blue chip stocks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's like we said, it's a good metric to look at and see how the market's doing overall. Um, yep. Then you're going to see this a lot, EPS or earnings per share. Uh, that's the company's profit divided by the average number of outstanding shares or shares currently in the market, and it gives you an idea of the stock's value. Um, so pretty straightforward. It's just a math equation mm-hmm. <laughs> that that gives you your earnings per share. Yep, and then you have something, uh, abbreviation ECN, Electronic Communication Network. It's just a system that um, watches that stock trading outside of a stock exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, fill or kill, FOK, 
No, all the acronyms. Jeez. Yeah. Welcome. Um, welcome to the industry. Honestly, this is an industry built on acronyms. It really is. I mean, truly. It's like being in the military. They just throw them at you like, what? Yeah. Yeah. They just throw it at you, expect you to know it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's when you want all of your order filled immediately or none at all. Uh, for example, if you want to buy 100 shares at $10, an FOK order means you want all 100 shares at the same price or none at all. Um, so straightforward, another math equation. <laughs> and then fundamental analysis. Um, I want to make this easy. It's just examining the health of that company. So as I mentioned uh, previous, we look at a lot of different things when we do buy big, like a big amount of stocks. And that is the history, kind of what happened with the, the numbers, but it's also taking into effect what uh, their earning expectations are here in the future, what they might be worth, you know, a year from now, how well is their board members, our CEO, all of them retyping their uh, business plan, what all is going into that, what all they're purchasing, what are they selling, are they going to do any mergers or acquisitions in the future, right. are they are they sustainable? I mean, I can you can keep on going on and going oh, on, go for days. But that's a pretty big term that you'll hear a lot, especially you might hear it a lot with us as just like we'll call it analytics or analysis. It's just your fundamentals, it's your basics, what what all you can go over and what all you need to need to know before you purchase something. Right, um, and then good till canceled GTC. Uh, that's when your order is valid until you cancel it. I mean, really straightforward stuff right here. Really, actually, no, you know what? Super riveting. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm going to project that kind of energy towards it. Excitement. Oof. Um, so, like, say, for instance, placing an order to buy 100 shares at $10 GTC means that this is a standing order until you tell the system to kill it. Yep. So, pretty, pretty easy stuff. And then hedge... Ah, the notorious hedge. You hear a lot about this hedge fund managers, et cetera, et cetera. You're essentially limiting your losses or reducing risk by placing orders to cover two or more events in the market. Mm -hmm. um, initial public offering or IPO. You're going to hear a ton about IPOs in the news once you start following stocks. It's going to be, oh, this IPO is going to hit hard. This is going to explode. It's going to be the next big thing. Like, Get, all, get your money in it now. Um, and that is the first time a company stock is available to the public market. Mm -hmm. So to the public exchange, to you, the common investor. Um, it, I mean, it's a company going from private to public. It's very straightforward. Um, we've seen a lot of them happen recently. Alex, could you name one that we recently saw? Adaptive Biotechnologies. Crazy. Yeah, it was a hot one. We mentioned <laughs> in the last episode, it was funny, uh, just because one of our other buddies... Yeah. Waited, waited just a little bit too long, but I mean, he'll make his money back at some point. But just goofing him a little bit for it. That was goofy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what makes us fun. If you guys got a few friends to do this with, make sure everyone has like a little group chat. That's what we do. Um, and just keep on making fun of each other. I mean, they, they tell you, especially in today's age, you can't do that. But we find a lot of humor out of it, and it makes us actually stay on our toes because it's the more or less of a dang, you know, he beat me. Yeah. He, he beat me today. I'm going to beat him tomorrow. We're also all, I would say, every buddy in our friends group is pretty competitive we're all very very competitive yeah, yeah. and so yeah. we like to win we like to we like to do well we like to maybe rub the salt in the wound a little bit but yeah it's fun to do that i mean as long as nobody's a piece of crap in your group i mean it'll be, yeah it'll be fine um 
And then you want to talk about limit order? Yeah, limit order. Uh, when you want to buy or sell a stock at a specific price or better, um, you can set this up. I use Charles Schwab. I'm not saying that you should use them or not use them. I just like them. For being completely honest, I like their logo being blue. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We have a Charles Schwab not too far from where I live, and the guy was pretty chill. So that, that was the extent. I met with him. He was super cool, and he helped no, me out. No, it was out. just that it was blue. It totally. was just blue. It was just yeah. blue. It was just like Facebook and Twitter. It's the only reason why I use those. Yeah. Um, so I use Charles Schwab, and if you go on there, like I just sold uh, some of my IBM. You can set it as a limit. So I sold at 150.50. And that was just to make up for some of the losses I had. And pretty much what it does is when I set it at 150.50 during the day, it was sitting at 149.80. And then once it busts 150.50, it puts my stocks up for people to purchase. So it's kind of one of those safe ways if you're not sitting there wanting to sell right now, right now, you know, it's going to be a busy day. I ride this limit order like no other. If I'm looking to buy stuff, I do the same thing just because, right. I mean, we can go from having a four-hour workday to having a 16-hour one real quick. And mm-hmm. if it's a crazy day, I'm, I'm going to be on the road. I'll wake up that morning, watch the stock market, see what I wanted to purchase initially. I'll set limit orders and I'll go on about my day. Right. But you also have to understand you might miss on a, on a lot. Yeah. So it, you like I set up a limit order for biotechnology whenever I initially was going to purchase it, um, and it went over it before it even opened. So I couldn't even purchase it, and I didn't know that until whenever I sat down. I was like, shoot, I missed yeah. I missed uh, a good chunk. I could have made like an extra two dollars a share. Big but oof. yeah, but it's it's if you're a busy person, it's a way to ride it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, liquidity is next. Uh, this is. Honestly, the best way to put it, I think it's just how easy it is to buy or sell shares. You know, are you locked in? Is there going to be some hold on this? Are you going to have to wait a certain amount of time? Or can you just liquidate that stock whenever? Um, And so in stock market terms, uh, it's being able to buy or sell shares in a stock without the transaction seriously affecting the stock's price. Mm -hmm. So I think that's those are both good ways to look at it. I like to keep it simple and just say, how easy is it to buy or sell that share? Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. And then uh, you have margin. So that's just borrowing money to trade that you don't have in your account. You'll see yeah. a lot of people, especially on Facebook. We refer to them a lot because that's where a lot of people are on social media. And uh, well, I mean, I'll say Instagram and Twitter as well if, if that makes it better for you. But um, that's where people are able to trade same day. So if you're if you're just in a basic money market, like that's what I tend to do a lot, just because I don't like to borrow money, I like to keep my own money on me. If you follow Dave Ramsey, he's a firm believer in that. Um, but if you're looking to purchase something now and you want to sell it two hours from now, so an IPO that you know is going to be a big hitter, open up a margin uh, margin market account, which is just taking a loan from the broker, and for some reason they'll let you trade same day. So a lot of people do that. Um, if you're looking to actually like start hustling money, like switching same day, same day, boom, boom, boom. Penny stocks are a good example. IPOs are a good example. I would not really probably do that with a blue chip just because it takes a while for them to grow because they're more conservative. But if you know something's going to be like a high yield within a few hours, margin that bad boy. It's a risk too. Yeah, it's a risk. Just so you know. Because like you can that. go belly up and you still have to pay. Um, and I mean, you have to pay interest on that even though you're borrowing it. So if you mess up and you lose five bucks per share plus the 2% you owe them, I mean, you're talking a lot of cash. You, you could go belly up real quick. Yeah. So big, big slap in the face if you analyze it wrong and if you go the wrong direction on that, Mm -hmm. um, which leads us into margin call, Mm -hmm. uh, which is when the amount of money you have in your margin account falls below the broker's minimum margin requirement. (laughs) 
um, or the lowest amount you must have in your account. Pretty straightforward. I mean, you, you don't, do not want to fall below that minimum requirement uh, because like we said, you can go belly up. Real quick. Real quick. And then market capitalization, it's just a measure of a company's worth. So they take the share, uh, the price of a share, and they multiply it by the uh, current number of shares in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, market order, when you want to buy or sell a stock at its current price. I mean, nothing fancy about it. That is yep. just, oh, it's $15 a share. All right, I'm selling it at 15 Yep, you and know? I'll, I'll pop it up real quick and I'll explain it to you because I... I want to, again, make this transparent. I'm popping up my Charles Schwab account. Mm-hmm. It's my personal brokerage. Again, my 401k, Roth IRA, and Fidelity. I think a lot of companies use them. I worked at Best Buy for a hot minute. Yeah, They used them in the new company I work at. as uh, They use them as well. Right. So if you go on to your Charles Schwab and you go to purchase. Sorry, for some reason my phone's being a little slow today. Um, it essentially shows like market limit stop stop limit so we've went over those and explained those to you so if you did order type market you're buying it at what the market currently has it at so if you were to do 150 50 at market that means you're buying it right now you want to buy it right now so that's the easiest way of explaining it. and if you have an app it's going to show you that's that's what it does right uh moving average the average of a stock's price over a period of time adjusted daily gives you an idea of the stock's trend this is when we talked about it's part of that analytics like you can go in, you can look at a stock, how has it been performing over time? What is that stock price looking like? Is it skyrocketing like we saw with NVIDIA and they had that huge growth period? Or is it going belly up and mm-hmm. dropping? Are you going to be losing money on this stock? Um, and that's something to consider when you're thinking about, okay, is this, a com- is this a company where I see myself making money down the line? Maybe not right now, but are they going to keep growing? Or is this a company that I should probably stay away from? Um, Yep. So yeah, pretty straightforward. And then we have OHLC, open, high, low, close. Um, it's just a chart that shows you the open, high, low, and close price of a stock for a period of time. It uh, looks like a candlestick chart. I don't know if you guys have looked at those before. If not, go look at them. They just look like bars with lines through them. And it kind of shows you of that day, what's the high, what's the lows, and what or what is the high, what is the low, what did it open at, and then what is the close. There you go. Jeez. Words so, are hard. Yeah, words are tough. That's why we're in business. <laughs> Uh, price to earnings ratio. Uh, this is PE ratio. You hear it referred to as a lot. It's just a math equation. Another one. Uh, it's how much stock costs relative to how much the company earns per share of stock. So it's calculated by dividing the stock's price by the company's earnings per share, which is EPS. And then it gives you that number. So. Yep. And we got quote. That's just the bid asking the last price for a stock given the point during the trade day. Yeah. And then short sale. This is a long one, so bear with me here. <laughs> I'm going to try to read this, read this all without messing it up. Um, so a short sale is when a trader borrows, a sh- borrows shares from a brokerage, sells them, then buys them back when the stock is cheaper, returning them to the broker and pocketing the difference or the profit. Uh, used when you think a stock's price is going to decrease. For example, ABC's at $10. You borrow 100 shares and you sell them for $1,000. That price goes down to nine. You buy 100 shares of ABC for 900 and then return them to the broker, thus pocketing $100 in profit or 1,000 minus 900. So, that was wordy. It was, it was, but I mean, if you're looking to do this full time and you don't have your own funds or money to do it. Mm-hmm. 
that's another way to do it. I don't, I don't do, like I said, I don't dabble with that type of stuff, but I do yeah. know a lot of people that are very successful with it. With short selling. Yeah. Especially I, if you're trying to make a lot of money. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't like taking that risk, but Mm-mm. I'm, I'm also content with not taking a lot of high risk right now. So right. I, I mean, it is what it is. Spread. Uh, that's just the difference between the bid and the ask price. So what's the spread of that stock? What's, what's going on right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, stop order. So when you want to buy or sell a stock uh, after it reaches a certain price it, at that time. So if you say, I have a sell order or a stop order for when the stock hits $200 a share. Because mm-hmm. you think as soon as it hits $200, it's probably going to go back down. Yep. I mean, it's really easy. Uh, most of them you can set from an app yep. and get it done that way. So uh, a really, really good, good tool, tool too, especially if you're not consistently monitoring things. Again, it's if you're busy, uh, we, I mean, I know we use these all the time. It's the easiest way to make money, have it work for yourself, but you can still do your job and pay attention to the person in front of you instead of your phone. Right. So utilize that. I think the worst though is you set a stop order, right? Mm-hmm. And then the stock hits $10 yeah. over that stop order. Something crazy. You, I mean, you lost, but. I mean, if you're in the green, you're in the green. Yeah. And sometimes I'd rather have the stop order on and not risk hitting, losing money or anything like that. Correct. And just get out while I'm hot. And it, it's awesome that you mentioned that because this is kind of that point that we're making. Be, you have to be realistic with this. We're not stock professionals by mm-hmm. by trade. We don't do this Monday through Friday, 10 hours a day. We do different stuff. Like I said, we're consultants is the easiest way to explain what we do. Yeah. So we don't monitor 24 seven. So realistically we have to look at this stuff as if it were, you know, the reason behind what we're doing. So when we're saying, Hey, you might lose $10, but you're still in the green. We're saying that realistically we made money. So we're not going to be pissed if we lost 10 extra dollars per share because we have other stuff we're doing on a day to day basis. Now, if you asked a stockbroker that they would have a heart attack because that's a lot of cash on the table. Yep. But again, I'm assuming you're probably not a stockbroker either because we're not here to talk to them. They do this by trade. They do different things than we do because they are... All the stuff we're talking about, they know. Right. They know this kind of stuff and they're more or less building bigger portfolios and they're trying to make their clients a lot of money. We're trying to be realistic and help you not pay a fee and make money. So that's why I want to break this off one more time and let you know (laughs) that... We're being very realistic. So to give you advice by saying lose $10, that's not what we're saying. We're saying we're realistic and we have a job that we right. have to do. And, and you, you know, know, I think that that, that sense of realism, realism hopefully it helps you guys relate to us a little bit because you're, you're probably all working professionals who have other things going on, probably don't get to spend, like we've said, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day doing this stuff. And so that that's where... You know, we're just, we're trying to help you a little bit while also helping ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, everybody wins, so we can't complain. Exactly. Um, technical analysis. It's examining a stock's price through the use of metrics, indicators, past data, and other techniques to identify trends. I mean, looking at a stock over time. Looking at what they're doing. Look at the industry. Is that industry growing or is it going to shit? You know. Um, I think that's the best way to look at that. And one quick one for you guys, just so you know, technology is still booming, but it's the technology that he mentioned, NVIDIA, AMD, all these. So this is crazy. We were looking at a report a few weeks ago and eSports, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, I'm a professional gamer and I like that, but I'm realistic and I know that I like money. They're becoming a billion dollar industry. So he, that uh, Fortnite had their World Cup, like a prize pool for 
the duos championship alone i think was 13 million there you go csgo is another example we we listen to this um because i mean we watch bloomberg and they mention every now and again both of us have made a lot of money i made a good chunk of cash off amd and i got rid of it just because I, it was a short-term thing for me mm-hmm. but he invests heavily in nvidia all these different types of companies because that that is a booming industry so if you are wanting to research and look into it that's a good one because they're starting to recognize that as an actual sport which is awesome for them um because they are i mean they're working hard just like we do but and how I always look at it too is look at everything you use on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Look at, go, just go on your phone and type in any website. Yep. How are you accessing that? Through computer chips, through processing, through servers. That's how you are. And these companies supply the parts for those things. So as that stuff becomes bigger, as that stuff becomes, you know, more commonplace or needs better technology, these companies are going to be con- the ones who are contracted to do that. Yep. These companies are going to make a ton of money because they have the techno- technology to do it. They have every capability in the world. That's why I love them so much. And then they get, are now getting tied into other industries like the esports and stuff like that. So, uh, It is awesome. Yeah, no, it, it's just awesome to look at, see a, a something grow. And, yes, I get excited for it because I made money off of it. So mm-hmm. you guarantee, I can guarantee you, I'm, I get very excited for this type of stuff. Yep. And as one of uh, our our coworkers, managers that we work with uh, has told me, and I, I it opened up my mind a little bit more because I did just see it in his numbers, but he said, invest in companies you truly believe in and that you like. Yeah. So. I mean, if, if uh, you want to watch our videos, we, we're going to be posting them on YouTube. You can see the laptop I'm using, and it has all this type of stuff that we're investing with, in, in mm-hmm. NVIDIA, Intel, everything. We it's invest in MSI, right? Right. MSI 63, 8RD or something. Yeah. M- yep. GF 63 through MSI. It's great joint. Ir- irrelevant to the stock, but it does portray to what I buy. So I do buy that type of stuff because I'm a firm believer in their product. I'm a firm believer in Best Buy. I buy them. People are like, whoa, dude, that's crazy. That's brick and mortar. It's because I love their customer service and they actually care about you when you go in. And I will say that confidently because I did work for them, but I've been to HH Greg. I've been to Target. I've been to Walmart. Those are not consumer electronics stores, but Best Buy throws them down because they actually educate their employees so I can invest in them confidently knowing, hey, this might, this might not be next week's sell, but this is a product I am very passionate about and I do like it. I know it works. So I'm Plus, it makes it easier to spend that kind of money on something when you believe in it. Exactly. I mean, look at Apple, for example. They yeah. get bashed so hard um, because their technology is behind, which I have an Android, I have a MacBook, I have an iPhone. I got all of it. But what I'm saying is they get bashed so hard. But if you ever go into an Apple store, they give you all their attention. It might yep. take two hours to get your appointment, which is a load of, you know, all that. But when you are there, they're making eye contact. They actually care about you and they keep their stuff simple. That's why they do so well. Also, their stores are immaculate. Right. I mean, that's the way of the future. But what we're yeah. just saying is get behind something, you'll love it. Sure. Uh, with that being said, uptick is when a stock, stock's price rises. That's it. Simple. Yep. You want to do volatility? Yep. Volatility is just how much a stock's price rises or falls over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear terms like a high uh, volatility stock where a price goes up and then down drastically. So mm-hmm. just a way to look at it. Uh, volume, that's, that's the, the amount of shares being traded at a given point in time. Um, you're, you could have very high volume. It could be 10,000. You have 10,000 shares going out. 
or you could be very low volume, like the normal consumer is, and be buying 10, 15. <laughs> yeah, if you do 10,000, then you're back at block trade. So congratulations, yeah. you're now a huge portfolio manager, and uh, I bet you're living the dream right now. <laughs> um, and then yield, the percentage um, of a stock's price that is paid out in a dividend. For example, a stock that's worth $50 per share and pays out a dividend of $5 per quarter has a quarterly yield of 10%. So, easy. Perfect. And those are pretty much the terms for the day um, and the terms that we use. Just want to give a huge shout out to wisestockbuyer.com. That's where we got all the terms from. We kind of read from it, but we found that their information, I mean, I look on them almost every day. I feel like their, their terms are super awesome and straightforward we definitely had to add a few things that we think should be tailored towards us and kind of what you guys are looking for but if you guys are looking for a good website wisestockbuyer.com um they do have a lot of cool info on their website and we appreciate uh, their stuff but um yeah other than that is there anything that uh, you want to share any type of stocks you have on your mind before we close this out um I don't know. I, I think most of my research coming up this week is going to be on gaming companies and how the whole esports situation is going to be growing. Uh, one that I have my eyes on and have had my eyes on for a little bit now is Activision Blizzard. Um, they were the producers of Overwatch. Uh, there's They have their own league now called the Overwatch League. Uh, and they have teams selling in this league during league expansion for 80 to $100 million. Yeah, I mean that—that that is not play I'm pretty, money. I'm pretty hot. That is that is big, big deal money, and ownership groups are getting involved. Ownership groups that are already involved with other professional sports, if you will, are getting involved. Um, and so that—that's just what I'm sort of keeping an eye on. I like to check in on them every once in a while, see what's happening with that league. They sold out when they had their finals last year. Sold out the Barclays Center in downtown New York for three straight days. Jeez. Absolutely like, ridiculous. Just to watch two hours of gameplay. That is wild. How about however long it was, I can't remember. But it, they sold out like 15,000 seats. That, I, mean, I mean, that just goes to show you guys. I mean, I went to, as I mentioned, I went to UC, and we fit 35, 40,000 people in some of these stadiums for some of these games. I forget our, our record. I think, you know, I think it's like 42,000 or something. That was right. the most we fit into our stadium. But to even imagine a fourth of that in a building to watch – Video games just blows me away because if you said that ten years ago when we were playing, oh, people would have laughed. At you. People would laugh at you. They'd be like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Well, and I'm looking over in uh, Asia too, where they're selling out stadiums of sixty thousand, right? Seventy thousand, absolutely like, insane, astronomical numbers that you could not have seen coming ten years ago. Um, like you just said, so I'm all in on it. I think it's. I'm very optimistic. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. I'm very optimistic on where this could go. And with these companies that are public, that own these games, and that are, you know, own these leagues, essentially, could be something, could be something good coming in the future. I think it's the new wave. So, Pretty crazy. And then uh, for me, one of, uh, one of our coworkers mentioned it, Luckin Coffee Inc., LK. At first, I was skeptical because he said it's the Starbucks. It's going to be like the new Starbucks here. But, I mean, more research. It is It is a very, very huge hitter over in different countries. Yeah. Um, internationally. Internationally. US, but internationally. I mean, since I started watching them for the past two and a half weeks, they're up 8.35%. I'm looking at my app right now. I'm just reading you from my watch list. Um, so I might look more into them this week and 
potentially purchase. They're sitting at their high. I like to really buy low, sell high, but they had some pretty strong growth for a while. And another one that I'm going to keep my eye on is T-Mobile and Sprint. And get, in case you guys didn't know, they're going in a conversation for a merger where they'll name it T-Mobile. They got approved for it too. Going to be wild. Their stock, hopefully, I mean, you're taking the third and fourth largest, mixing them together. So that's going to be a pretty tough, uh, tough company to mess with. And their stock's, you know, more than likely are going to be going up. So that's something I'm watching heavily. I think it already went up once they mentioned that they're getting approved for it. I think the thing I'm most curious about with that whole deal is, one, what is the rebrand going to look like? Mm -hmm. Is new company name? Is Are you keeping one of the company names? Is it going to just be Sprint? Or is it just going to be T-Mobile? Is it going to be something completely different? You know, that that's where my mind goes. Um how are they going to transition all their consumers in? How are they going to merge those networks? Are they able to do that seamlessly or is that going to take a lot of time? So all stuff that I'm very, very curious about. I would I would be curious to read more about how they're going to merge those networks and that capability and see if that's an easy fix or if that's going to be a big, big investment for them to do. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be be a beast for them to tackle. But I mean, if you look at it now, T-Mobile is worth more than Verizon stock price wise. If you go on the stock, not actual uh, valuation wise, but when you look at the stocks, I mean, they're already going up a lot. They're gonna be a pretty good hitter. So we'll see. We'll see where it all lands. But uh, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us on second episode of hopefully a lot. Um, so we we had a lot of fun. This is ah. It's a good time doing this stuff. I know this wasn't an exciting episode. But we're going to bring you better content. Yeah. We just wanted to get this out of the way again. This is a training course right now for uh, the people that are just new to it because we want to get everyone on board. Um, but, yeah, thank you for listening. Again, follow us on Watch the Ticker uh, podcast on Instagram. We're going to be posting some stuff here shortly. And, uh, as always, keep making money, live the dream. Have a Absolutely. good one. Later.